0: Listening to the Scott Beeson Show. This is Chris Reed from ReedLawAlabama.com. Attorney Johnny Amari's in the studio. And media professional Mac McKinnon. And Big Dave. And you, that was uh, Riley Green. He's actually got a concert in Montgomery this Friday night that I know some people are going to. So that should be really interesting, actually. My brother knows his agent. So um, anyway, on the line we've got uh, Congressman J.D. Hayworth former TV star, former pretty much everything. He was going to call he's he wants to talk a little bit about current events and what's going on with the GDP with the gop a lot better looking guy than all of us put together yeah he he is very good looking yes very very good looking. well now
1: let's not go overboard we don't want you gentlemen to lose credibility with the listeners it's all right i appreciate your kind words (laughs) well jd i've always been told i have a face for radio (laughs) (laughs) then we have that in common and uh, I was just going to comment you guys have mellifluous voices Ooh. and they match your superior intellect and so here we are. Okay. Have a great visit. Well, well hey,
2: and and JD before we get too deep into this, this is Johnny Amari. I'm an attorney here in Birmingham. I just I do need to say that I actually married one of your constituents. I married a girl from Queen Queen Creek. I think that's right. Queen Creek, Arizona. Right. And uh, she lived out there when you were serving. So, uh, and she is a lot more attractive than I am. So, a lot.
1: Well, see that you know we are blessed. That's another sign from God that He looks down and has mercy on miscreants like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, congratulations, Johnny, that you got a lady from Queen Creek. And uh, when you all come back for a visit, you'll see just how much that area has grown. But uh, I got to tell you, it's good to be with you all today. And as I al- always point out, this is the south, just the southwest. Something to keep in mind.
0: There you go. And it, Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, but, sir- J.D.,
1: y'all don't have sweet tea like we do. Yeah, that does bother me. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's true. There are certain, there are certain uh, variations. But uh, as a native North Carolinian who ended up in Arizona, I am no stranger to sweet tea. So we got that going for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, J.D., we just want to get your thoughts on a few things. I mean, me and Johnny are attorneys, so we've been really interested in what's going on with Paul Manafort and sort of these these Russian investigation stuff that less than 1% of the country thinks is important, and it's getting nothing but news coverage. And then we're looking at these facts with Manafort, and again, like, you can— you can find anything on anybody that does international business, and it just seems like this was so long ago. And there's no doubt Manafort's a shady dude. Everybody knew the guy was a shadester. But to go back 11 years and get him on not registering for something, to me, is really petty. But where where do you think this Mueller thing is going? Because me and Johnny have different views on it, and Mac actually has an interesting view. We're going to let him chime in <laughs> on this as well. But I wanted to get your take first.
1: Well, let me let me point out, for purposes of full disclosure, J.D. in my name is not Juris Doctor, it's John <laughs> David. I'm not a lawyer, never played one on TV, but did help to make laws for six terms in Washington.
0: So it's your and, fault.
2: <laughs>
1: well, no, actually, things were going pretty well when I was there. I guess people started taking it for granted, but that's another story. For another <laughs> Listen, here, here's here's uh, the term we often hear. And you're pointing it out when you're evaluating what goes on. A prosecutor exercises prosecutorial discretion. What we are seeing with the appointment of a special counsel is prosecutorial indiscretion, where they're they're not being even discriminate, matching up the offense to uh, to uh, comport with uh, the standard sentencing guidelines. If Paul Manafort. Were to spend every day in the slammer with what he has been charged with. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're looking at, what, 302 years when the standard incarceration is, what, less than a year or 18 months? Right. I'm not trying to cop a plea, but let's, let's step back for a second, because this is why the dominant media culture, the alphabet networks, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and everyone is into overdrive with maximum coverage of microscopic detail. They want you and me and the American people and independents who are saying, we know this is a scam about Russia. They're wanting us to forget that the party in power in 2016 set up surveillance of the opposition party That's right. for political purposes and enlisted the help of foreign agents and paid foreign agents from taxpayers' funds. In other words, they took the full faith and credit of the American government and uh, camouflaged a uh, a corrupt political act with the flimsiest of of excuses, which is national security. In short, the Obama administration, Secretary Clinton, and the Democrat National Committee, in my humble opinion, committed massive fraud and deception on the American public.
0: Well, Mac, you have an opinion on this. I'd love for you to chime in and then ask Ooh. a question to J.D.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I
3: think it even extends further than that. I've read some things that it goes international and that uh, some of these countries like, you know, Britain, you know, uh, with the fi- with five Eyes, you know, these groups like New Zealand and I think Australia's in there, I don't know much about it, but... They say that the international uh, community, some of these other countries, also colluded in trying to take down and surveil the Trump campaign and worked with the previous administration. And what's so funny to me is Obama comes out a month before the election when Trump's going around saying that the election's rigged, the election's rigged, they're going to rig it. He says it's not possible to even consider uh, rigging an election in America. And uh, a month before. Now, supposedly they want us to believe now that the entire time leading up to the election, the government knew there was meddling. The government knew this and that and that they were countering it, and that's why they had these confidential human informants to counter that. And uh, a month before, Obama publicly is saying the complete opposite, which he's saying it's not even remotely possible to rig an election or have influence from other countries to change votes or swing votes. And so if they were so aware of it, why would he be saying that four weeks before one of the most controversial elections in, in history? Ah, uh, Mac,
1: you're doing what the left doesn't want to see. You're putting everything in context. Remember, <laughs> way to go, Mac. The, <laughs> way to be terrible. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> R- remember, remember, Mac, and everybody else was in the sound of my voice, remember what the uh, what the left is allowed to do. The left, you know, when, when we were involved in debate, and maybe some of you were involved in it, not only in moot court, but in, in competitive forensics in high school and college, remember The right to define terms in a debate goes to the affirmative team. If you were to transmogrify that onto politics, that would be the majority. Well, that's not the case in our our, um, minuet between the media and elected officials. The left is always allowed to define terms. That's why back in, what was it, 2006, Nancy Pelosi on one hand, can go out and march in the gay parade in San Francisco and uh, even in the midst of all of that, turn around and go to the House floor and attack Republican members who may have been involved in misconduct with with same-sex pages. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not condoning that conduct, but the left is given wide latitude. They can indict their political opponents for positions that they ostensibly hold— Uh, every day of the week. But uh, for that half hour, when they take exception for political purposes, then all the context and all the pretext is stripped away, and they are empowered by their uh, leftist friends in the media to define the terms of the debate.
0: Yeah, that is frustrating. Do you think that the Democrats are going to be able to have the kind of blue wave that some people say they can have or do you think, like me, Like I, I think that they're so out of touch with even sort of the moderate Democrats in their own party that I really don't see them winning the House. They might get close, and things can always change, but you can't just run against Trump. You have to actually alt- um, offer an alternative. You know, it's like, you know, whenever you're talking about a, your law firm, I always think you're, you're, not, you're offering something unique and different from other law firms, and that's what distinguishes you, and that's sort of what I've, I've been doing. And, you know, it's the Democrats, their message is for the people, which is kind of funny because there's a law firm in Alabama called Morgan & Morgan, and it's hashtag for the people. And it's so funny because the Democrats doing that has really helped that law firm do so much <laughs> better. So I bet that law firm loves those Democrats. But anyway, J.D., what, what are your well, thoughts? That's
1: the synergy between, as we know, with, with rare exceptions, the synergy exists between the trial lawyers lobby and the left. Not always, but to a large degree. So that, that explains borrowing the slogan uh, <laughs> from from a law firm. Now, let me just let me just point this out. It is inescapable the fact that there are so many Republican retirements this year that already makes it a challenge for the GOP. That is not to say there is going to be a blue wave, and yet. And yet, you take a look at states like California, and the fact now that San Francisco is going to allow illegals to register to vote, the fact that in California and illegal can be admitted to the bar, you have that in California. I believe New York uh, does the same thing. You have that situation. You have states where... The uh, activists in the courts have stepped in saying, no, it's not reasonable that people who show up to vote uh, should, uh, should prove they are who they claim to be. And you've got a situation that is rife for voter fraud. Now, there, there's something else at work here, too, and, and we should be mindful of it. Take a look at your neighbor there to the north, Tennessee. My friend Diane Black, I thought she was going to win the Republican nomination. I thought she was going to be the next governor of Tennessee. Diane Black, who fought to make a lot of changes, I thought, in in the whole budget committee, changes for the better. Diane Black was blamed by conservatives in Tennessee for being, quote, part of the swamp. She lost the nomination to an outsider. Now, that's why we need to take a look today at the primaries going on. And, uh, yes, there is one special election in Ohio where uh, Pat Teberry stepped down, one of my friends and colleagues on the Ways and Means Committee, and what should be a cakewalk for the Republicans has now turned into a real dogfight. Part of the reason for that is the Paul Ryan-led House and the Mitch McConnell-led Senate have fought this president virtually every step of the way. And so a lot of conservatives are not inspired to go vote. That's why you've heard Steve Bannon, of all people, change his tune in recent mm-hmm. uh, in recent weeks, saying, hey, look, if you don't hold your nose and vote for whomever the Republican nominee is going to be, then you are handing impeachment on a silver platter to the Democrats, and they will do it, because everything to the left is political.
0: You know, there is a situation that <clears throat> Attorney John Amari uh, was, was involved with, and it kind of speaks to some of the cultural divide and what's going on and how quickly people are just losing their jobs over anything. And so Johnny, could you briefly maybe just, just tell JD a little bit of the situation, especially as it applies to the wife in this situation and, Maybe get his take on whether he thinks this is happening everywhere. So I'll just let you take the take yeah, the reins. Yeah, J.D., on this.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what. Me and my law partner are working on right now. But uh, a lady and her husband went out to uh, d- they went out to dinner one night at the Waffle House, what what a lot of good down earth folks like to do. And while they were at dinner, uh, a lady was filming it from outside the Waffle House. She had been locked out by a Waffle House employee. My client's husband kind of went to the lady and said, hey, you don't have a right to film us. If you put this on Facebook, I'm going to sue you. This lady put the video on the Internet. It went viral. And my client, who was works for a company here called in town called Thompson Tractor, she, after 16 years of loyal service, and without even just a shred, of benefit of doubt, was fired from her job. Because a video went viral and she didn't do anything. She wasn't representing Thompson Tractor. She wasn't wearing anything with Thompson Tractor logo on it. I mean, this lady did absolutely nothing wrong and lost her job, what appears to be, by an effort by Thompson Tractor to, you know, I, I don't know, align with social justice warriors, appeal to... uh political correctness. I'm not sure what their ra- rationale was for firing this lady, but I- I'm seeing more and more stories like this throughout the country.
1: Well, this this is the point. It seems that with the rise of social media and the desire of some, as you mentioned, to, to uh, align themselves for public relations purposes with, quote, social justice warriors, we have muddied the line between someone who is a public figure and a private person who was uh, doing something that is reasonable again i'm not an attorney don't play one on tv but your client was not there representing her employer your client was not wearing to my knowledge any insignia or or wearing a sign like the old guys that wear the the poster boards eat at joe's she wasn't talking about the company for whom she worked it was her spouse that took issue with the woman making the tape but it seems to me that her employer has confused a private person with someone in in public life who is not afforded in a media situation the same the the same protections the same courtesies as private citizens and so that's what we're seeing now in the, in the, uh, in the deluge of social media. There, it's a really anti-social media, and you're taking away privileges of Americans to, to remain private citizens. And so it's, it's a whole new assault, it seems to me, on the right to privacy. Yes, privacy, even in a public place when you are there as a customer, not there as a political advocate. Hey, J.D., before the break, I'm going to
3: change the subject just real quick. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. We were talking about the Republicans retiring. And uh, anyway, I, my, it's my conspiracy that Republicans are blocking the, the seats. They want to impeach Trump. The Paul Ryan, the Lindsey Graham, those groups. Uh, the, well, it's a converted—I yeah, just don't see how they just changed their tune if he's a con man to supporting him. I think it's a concerted well, effort. I a we've, got,
0: we've got 30 seconds, so we got, we'll let you have the— yes. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Okay, here's the bottom line on it. It's no conspiracy, no collusion. People just want to quit, but that could be the net effect. One thing to watch tonight Kansas Republican primary for governor. If Chris Kobach wins, that tells you about the power of President Trump. Keep that in your eye screen, your view tonight. We'll do it. All right.
0: You're listening to the Scott Beeson Show. We'll see you tomorrow. Cannon's got this and just get here <laughs> one cans. <laughs>